0: About them Irish.
1: I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship.
2: This is the four horsemen podcast. And we are back the four horsemen podcast year five right
1: yes for the greatest words right there and we are back uh yeah it's been it's been a while it's it's uh it's been pretty hectic in terms of our personal lives we have uh, potentially some announcements, uh, depending on how, how comfortable some of our co-hosts are in terms of uh, sharing. Um, Dylan has been a law school studying machine so, while well, he graduated. Congratulations to Dylan an unbelievable accomplishment and and uh, you know this has been a long time coming so shout out for Dylan for that and he's he's currently doing a lot of studying so everyone be very appreciative of, of his time he's being very gracious to hop on for this hour but yeah i mean uh, it, it's we're, we love getting back into it it's it's uh, it's great to be back on the podcast and you know we have a handful of items on the agenda today but um yeah we are we are talking Notre Dame football in May and honestly feels great so welcome boys
2: so the last time we talked was before the theater bowl uh that was our very last podcast before and a lot has happened since then uh really let's let's just recap our last podcast we had drake bowen on drake is now one spring ball down he is through baseball season. I'm pretty sure the Irish are still playing that. Uh, And we lost a special teams coach, our quarterback, our other quarterback, our, uh, our quarterbacks coach, our offensive coordinator, you name the people we've lost. We've lost a ton to, uh, to go through all that, but we've also added generational talents across the board. Uh, So since then, Lots to get into. Let's get underway with the Gator Bowl. Uh, that was a football game. All right, now we're on to recruiting. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I just want to say before we move on to it in our classic bowl fashion, um, what a what a performance, what a gutsy performance from the team. And, y- and you got to see a complete opposite of the Fiesta Bowl the year before, where that team collapsed at, at the halftime. And, uh, you know, it was a national disgrace. Like, Seems to be every big game in recent Notre Dame years. And and, and the Gator Bowl was really, I think, a, almost a sign of things changing because it was the opposite there. They played really bad in the first half, came out guns blazing, and then won a really tight game. It was tied or within a score in the fourth quarter. Tyler Buckner had an amazing game despite the interceptions and the hilarious pick-six. Uh, two of them. Um <laughs> What a game overall. I think you saw breakout performances from two tight ends, um, both Mitchell Evans and you've seen a little bit of uh, our boy there. Name's escaping me, of course. Uh, Holden stays. Uh, You know how it is once you start recording. Uh, So I was really impressed with it. Good performance all around. Uh, Very excited for next season. And I'm just a total, total swing from where we were just a year before that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, Notre Dame down 21-7 in the game uh, in the first half, and they ultimately rattle off uh, 28 points in the second half uh, for the victory. They overcome two pick sixes, right? Um, And, you know, we only got to the quarterback three times on the day. Um, So, like, the pass, you know, Spencer Rattler was kind of moving all around, and at certain points making us look foolish. I was actually pretty pissed about that, because, like, the one guy I wanted to absolutely dominate was Spencer Rattler. Uh, but Hey, you know what? At the end of the day, 45 points for Notre Dame, 38 points for South Carolina. Uh, so we move on and, and that's, uh, that, you know, Tyler Buckner was the hero and everything was great. And, you know, five touchdown performance from him. He had over 300 yards. Uh, and then all of a sudden a lot of changes came to South Bend. Uh, I'm going to quickly go over some of those changes. We'll start with,
2: can I say one thing real quick? Shane Beamer's a child and I don't like him. I think I'm out on the entire state of North and South Carolina in terms of coaches. Any Division One football coach, I am out. They're dumb. I don't like any of them. In terms of coaches, okay. I'll I'll accept coaches that and soon to be residents. <laughs> also totally
1: and completely acceptable yes uh makes sense so uh yes and then basically tyler buckner comes back in that game uh shines and and shows us the glimpses of the future that we're, everyone is all excited for um and sure enough the, the transfer portal opens up and and uh a whole lot of fuckery began so a lot of changes have come to south bend in the last couple of uh months um and they came rapid and, and kind of earth shattering and, and all, all at the same time, we still kind of have just like this steady Eddie, you know, head coach that's just continuing to recruit, continuing to build this team. We're under the, the, the appropriate number for, uh, for scholarships. So one way or another, it all just kind of somehow worked out. At least that's how it, it's played out up until this point in May. But starting with, uh, with coaching changes, the GOAT, Harry Heastan, Hi, Stan. He hi, whatever. Uh, he uh, he retired. Well, happy trails, Coach. Thank he you so much for your
2: service. Five seconds before the Super Bowl kicked off.
1: I, yeah, that was <laughs> unbelievable timing on his part. But uh, but in in comes Joe Rudolph from Virginia Tech, uh, special teams coordinator. Uh, R.I.P. P. Wagon. Uh, Brian Mason headed to the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts. He's replaced by Marty
2: Diage. Uh, let me take over here, Steve, real quick. I know I'm stealing your thunder. Martin no, no. Biagi, Notre Dame's new special teams coordinator. He has stops in Notre Dame before. I am so high on him. Brian Mason deserves being in the NFL. But Biagi, holy moly. Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Southern, South Dakota, Notre Dame, North Texas, Purdue, and most recently, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss ranked second in the SEC and 14th nationally in field goal percentage. Uh, second in the SEC in 19th naturally with three block punts and kit. Obviously, Notre Dame had a little bit more than that. He's a very good coach. He was a finalist for the Special Teams Coach of the Year in 2018. He knows what he's doing. And, 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 this is one of only two uh, coaching staffs in the country that have a dedicated lawn snapper and punter on their special team staff. With Jesse Schmidt, uh, 29 years old, former Purdue uh, Boilermaker, coming onto the staff as well. So they know their special teams.
1: Nobody knows the special teams more than you, Mr. Wagon. So thank you very much for that rundown. Um, The next notable change was we did sign or bring in a quarterbacks coach from Cincinnati, same position there, uh, Gino. This is horrible. I'm an I'm Italian. I, I'm I'm like the most Italian human being in in the history of Italy. And I can't pronounce this, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Gino Guidulgi.
0: I thought it was Guiduly, but
1: yeah, that's what I said. Not and Italian. Yeah, I mean he he got Desmond Ritter into the NFL. So if he could do that, then I, I think we stand a pretty damn good chance with the guy. Um, and Good-Dool-y. then the uh, kind of the the one that made the biggest news, the biggest splash, and and a, a lot of. T- Changes coming our our way in South Bend. Tom Reese, happy trails uh, and and best of luck, but not too much luck as he heads down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to play with Nick Saban, or to to coach with Nick Saban. Uh, but then an internal promotion of Gerard Parker from the the tight ends coach to the offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, uh, you know, he did have a little bit of experience as a temporary OC at West Virginia and in, in a pretty. You know, transitional year for them. So, you know, don't really judge him on that. But, you know, he's by all intents, uh, for all intents and purposes, everyone says that he's brilliant. Uh, he he kind of just understands a, a whole lot of the game and can really kind of open this offense up. I'm going to turn over to you two gentlemen just in terms of pure coaching changes. Any additional comments or, or what are you speculating here?
0: Yeah. So I can run through each of them uh, one by one here. So, We'll start with uh, the offensive line coach, Harry Heaston left, left, lefted, left, words, little rusty boys. Uh, He left in the most Harry Heaston way possible. Uh, Totally just slipped it under the radar five minutes before the Super Bowl start, as you mentioned. Uh, I really like the replacement. Joe Rudolph seems to come highly regarded in both terms of recruiting and performance. Uh, He was formerly at Wisconsin, which is a great offensive line program. Love that hire. Um think that was probably the best they could have done given the circumstances. Is it Harry? No. But I think you're going to get a little more recruiting output, and I think uh, you're not going to miss much with the coaching. So really excited about that. Um, I think losing Brian Mason is the biggest loss of the staff, oddly. Um, I'm with you, P, that, you know, uh, Biagi is going to do a good job probably, especially if it's under Freeman's philosophy of attacking on special teams. But, you know, Brian Mason was one of the coaches of the year, I think, uh, across college football, and that's that's going to suck losing him. But we'll see how that production is replaced. Um, I also want to talk about the quarterback coach. As you mentioned, Desmond uh, Ritter being into the NFL, there is a history there of proven uh development but there's also a pretty good reputation for recruiting and uh, that's something you're losing with Tommy Reese as a decent recruiter although that has been contested by certain it seems certain segments of Notre Dame fan base can't agree if he was a good or bad recruiter Um, I think you're going to get a little more quarterback specialty in recruiting which will be nice and they got to keep bringing in that talent Uh, and the early returns there are are positive and we all seen I think that uh, that clip Notre Dame released of him coaching with the mic on and I think Uh, We've all got to see what kind of personality and how exciting he would be as a coach. And then lastly, you get to the offensive coordinator. Tommy Reese, Was uh, this was the year for him to prove it. It hadn't been good enough up until this point, but there were things he did great on um, that people don't want to give him credit for. Was he the best offensive coordinator in the country? Absolutely not, but there's a reason Alabama went after him. Uh, I will say, though, I'm kind of excited about this promotion. I wasn't the biggest Andy Ludwig fan just because I thought that would entail more power football more running the ball when i think notre dame needs to get into a more of a balanced if not pass heavy approach and when you look at um gerard parker's tenure in west virginia you know there's some debatable how much he was running that offense but that was a heavy rpo offense Um, they threw the ball above um expected in many cases i'm looking at ndfb analytics uh, their tweet here from when they when we hired the coach, they 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 showed that he is above the average in, in most of these offensive categories in terms of EPA uh, per pla- per pass and, and when passing. So that's that's very enticing for me. I think he's a brilliant mind. I think he's a really good record, uh, coordinator, but uh, sorry, a recruiter. But we'll see how he is as a coordinator. So that's a big one to watch. This is a big year, so he's going to have to hit the ground running. But overall, I'm kind of content with the coaching changes. I think Al Golden is the controversial one still. Um, also, Al Washington. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get to that when we come. So, uh, P-Wagon, I'll, I'll pass it over to you.
2: So the offensive side of the ball is going to have 34 years of playing experience and 69 years of coaching experience between Parker, Gino, McCullough, Stuckey and Rudolph. However, all these assholes on Notre Dame Twitter are mm. mad that Freeman took whatever that other guy's name was, I, I don't even know, uh, to a hockey game. No one knows coaches. We can talk all day about, oh, we love this coach, we hate that coach. The, no one knows. No no one If you're not in a power five circle, if you're not a college D one coach, you don't know what's going on there. And everyone's like, oh, well, they did this. They did that. It's all scuttlebuck and it's all bullshit. What do you do on the field? Oh, Notre Dame would refuse to buy out of the contract. Maybe. it's not up for us to talk about. It's just ridiculous. And I've been sitting on this take for a while and it's annoying. And people were mad because uh, Godouli, as a quarterback's coach, wasn't a great pickup. Or Jared Parker wasn't a great pickup. There are coaches handpicked by your head coach to coach your favorite team, but you're going to be mad about that? I, it, it just doesn't make sense. Support the team... And just stop being an asshole about it. And that is really where I'm coming from there. Oh, we didn't get David Cutcliffe. We we didn't get whoever. All because some failed football coach tells you who he wants. You just decide to take that party line there. That's all I got.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say <laughs> Jesus be uh, nice <laughs> Somebody woke up a little cranky today. Um I was just going to say, how much do you think of that as just media putting names out there and then people attaching to those names regardless of if they're good or not, right? Like you see this in recruiting too. A name gets mentioned and then all the whole fan base wants them without necessarily
2: evaluating themselves. Because half the fan base, if they ever had a critical thought, would be their first. It's just – like – Look at the body of work. Don't just listen to what. Even we're we're part of it. Don't listen to what we regurgitate. Take a critical thought. Take a second to make your own opinion. Like I'm looking at uh, playing career. He played from 01 to 14. That's 13 years. Tommy Rees had a cup of coffee for the San Diego Chargers. You're getting a coach who knows how to coach quarterbacks, and he doesn't have to be extended. Everywhere else. And frankly, the tight ends coach, who's now being our offensive coordinator, the tight ends are just an offensive lineman with better hands. So we're we're fine. Have a critical thought. Think for yourself, please. That's all I'm going to say there. But yes, you're right, Dylan. I'm wonderful! I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't haven't realized, guys, I'm a little bit angry with this whole just social media in general. I actually logged out of our account for a couple of weeks uh, just because of how ridiculous people were being.
0: The fan base can be interesting, especially with social media. I, I definitely see what you're you're getting at there, but um, yeah, I, I like the hires. What do you, what do you think, Steve?
1: Listen. This is these are the guys and and we ride for our guys, right? It's like hey, especially the four horsemen, let's ride. Like it's it, we it, it's the Notre Dame fighting Irish. It's not like where, you know, UNC where if Mac Brown goes, the entire program folds. Like we are Notre Dame. We we replace talent whether it's at the quarterback position or whether it's the head coach. If one of them wants to head down to the Bayou, then cool. We can get somebody better. <laughs> so uh, we can reload and guess what, if it doesn't work, I don't know. I, I, am under the impression that the institution that's been in, uh, around since like 1840 has a little bit of money that they could fucking spend next year. So like, Oh, what are we going to go one more year without a national championship? Oh, shucks. Oh man. Oh darn. Like, Oh, the, it's the end of the program. Fold it. Like, no, like we're just, those are the guys you support them. Um, would I have wished for like Bill Belichick <laughs> and like, I don't know, the, 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 that cat from Los Angeles, the, the Chargers, who's like a, or like Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, sure. Of course. I'd like the greatest coaches of all time. We have damn good coaches. They're at Notre Dame for a reason. And if they don't work out, we'll get a better coach at Notre Dame because we're Notre Dame. <laughs> like it, you don't have to overthink it. We got the guys. If coach Freeman believes in him, I believe in him pretty straightforward. And And I think
0: that's, I think that's the main part too. There is if you have faith in in Marcus Freeman, you should be having faith in these hires. And I do so far. I, I don't think Freeman has proved me wrong with any major decision yet in his tenure. And like you guys said, they're the track records there for these guys. And I don't think they're super controversial. I know the Gerard Parker one may have been a bit, but Freeman knows Parker really well from a long time of coaching. So uh, I'm I'm content, and to your point, Steve, you can still win a national championship with this staff. I believe that. I believe that this staff is good enough to coach them to a national championship. It's not like you're sacrificing that in any sense. So, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, I'm I'm good to move on too. If you guys well, are so. Dylan,
2: the, just the last thing you said right there, Freeman knows his staff. He he knew Tommy somewhat because they were on a staff together. When you're the head coach, and this is speaking from head coach experience right now, you get your people in. Your staff is a thousand times better. Those people that you bring in, and I've been on a staff where I've been, I haven't been the guy year one, but year two, three, four, I've been his guy. You know the intricacies of the coach, and that just makes everything click just a little bit better. So let's see how it happens. I'm excited for the season.
0: That's great insight. And for our listener at home, um, P-Wagon is coaching uh, rugby again as a head coach. So he's he's got some experience. He's also coached football. So he knows what he's talking about, uh, at Knowledge least to some extent. At
2: that. Just no big deal.
0: No big deal. Uh, well, congrats, Definitely. man. We're, we're really, really proud of you. So, uh, Steve, unless you got nothing else to say, we could probably head into the draft here. Uh, we got a lot of, to cover because the horsemen are hard workers in the off season. Hmm. Facts. Yeah. NFL draft, uh, only three players drafted
1: a, a bunch of other, you know, unsigned free agents or free uh, undrafted free agents that have signed with teams and they're going into their rookie camps. But just focusing on the guys that did get drafted, there's three total, obviously the big guy, Michael Mayer, tight end. He, uh, was picked in the second round, pick number 35, uh, to Las Vegas, uh, Raiders. Then a couple of picks later, just five picks later um, in the second round is Isaiah Fosky heading down to New Orleans. And then in the sixth round, pick 201, I think that's the, the 24th pick of the, uh, the sixth round, uh, Jarrett Patterson, our, our former center, heading over to Houston. So, I mean, hey, for Houston, if you can get a, an offensive lineman in the sixth round, that was what, a four-year starter? That had zero sacks let, let up in his career. I, there's some some incredible value there. Uh, Michael Mayer uh, in 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 Las Vegas. It, it kind of just feels like a little uh, serendipitous, just given that he absolutely balled out in that game against uh, BYU. And you know he, he and, and then obviously Isaiah Foskey. I think he'll be he'll he'll do just fine being six five two forty on on that defensive line down in New Orleans. So um, yeah, obviously best of luck to all those guys. Is there anything that you guys see in regards to the, the fit
2: on their team or, or any other commentary you'd like to add? I would like to make a comment. I would like to put this on the record for whoever's taking record ship at home. Uh, I am officially a New Orleans Saints fan. Ooh, we finally have an NFL team for uh, for Mr. Wagon. Yes. Blake Grupey signed, undrafted, but signed with the, with the Saints. And Foskey. Money. There, there's my new team, at least for one year. We will have a one-year signing period, and then I will come back to this next May. Uh, More importantly, has John Sott been signed? John Sott has retired from football.
1: Damn. Breaking news. He, damn, that stinks. He was a great fucking punter, man. Our hype did. train for him all year was
2: unbelievable. That was a lot of fun. He he thanked us for everything. He said he, we made his last year fun, but he has officially retired from football. You heard it here first, folks. Along with a friend of the program, Braden Lindsey. Well, well, I'm so really I'm happy
0: for those guys to have gotten... Uh, a future in something else to get that Notre Dame degree to kind of succeed and flourish in other parts of life. I mean, football isn't everything. So that's what part of the reason why we're Notre Dame fans. And it's glad that that community and our community could still, you know, rally to rally behind these players and, uh, and support them post football career. And that's, uh, that's something I think we do, especially with the connections we make on the podcast is those aren't people that just play for us for four years. Those are people we care about and, and hope they do well. So wishing them the best. Um, In terms of draft, um, I thought uh, Foskey was drafted where I thought he would be around second round. Mayer was criminally undrafted in the first round. Um, Those of you who are longtime listeners of of the show know I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and know that I want to kill myself because we drafted two Michigan players instead of Michael Mayer. Um, Just horrible, especially because he's Jason Witten 2.0 and can run. Uh, just the worst. But I'm glad he's there in, in the Raiders. Um, I'm glad he will... The, the When you sign or when you're drafted outside of the first round, the team doesn't have a fifth-year option on you. So he will hit market sooner, which means he'll get value for his talent sooner, which I'm happy for that. Um, but, of course, you kind of make less money in the second round so that's I I could see why he'd be very annoyed with that he is absolutely a top 15 talent in that draft and Patterson I think went drafted maybe a little bit low but the day three of the draft kind of gets crazy and we'll see if that's a a shrewd pickup for the Texans who did a similar thing with uh with Nick Martin they drafted him a little bit higher though but they drafted him uh, not in the first two rounds, and he turned out to have a nice, solid career there for a few years. So hopefully that, that's the same for Jarrett. I think he's a really good player. He's been a longtime captain and looking forward to see what he can do in the NFL.
1: Facts only. That's all you're spitting out there. Um, yeah, I have been mean, pretty bummed on my end. I would have loved uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers to pick somebody up from Notre Dame, but I guess we're going to have to push that.
0: Just another year. Um, I have to make a it, correction. Nick Martin was drafted in the second round, which it actually seems kind of high for me. But let's hope that also works out for the Texans.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can edit that out. <laughs> uh, and then right right live. after. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Wagon? Oh, we're just going live. There's no edits this podcast. Fuck
1: it. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, so right after or right before the NFL draft, one of the two could care less. The spring game happened. It was a spring game. It was the general consensus. Uh, the only two notes that I have from the spring game: Sam Hartman is that dude. Jordan Bethello has rabies. Jordan Bethello is a. Like, I. What you describe him as before, like a Wolverine on Angel Dust. <laughs> Something like, like that. I, I, I. That was that was your words, not mine. Like, <laughs> and, and and you were absolutely. Right. I mean, the <laughs> This kid. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Jordan Patello, but, like, I am terrified of that guy. I honestly think he legitimately is going to have sixteen sacks this year. Like he's potentially going to set records. Yeah. I, I just feel like he lives in the backfield. He lives for third and long.
0: So and those Steve, are my how long. How long have we been saying that on this show, too? We've been pumping up the Jordan patello has Got Talent train for it seems like since he's been playing since signing day. I, we could never figure out, uh, there's rumors out there, but you can never figure out like why he wasn't playing more. And just this spring, I think he's taken it to another level. Can't wait to see him play. I think he's he's going to have all the ability to replace Foskey's production alone. Um, and that's huge, because the defensive line is a little thin right now and a little unproven. And having him step up, how about Jason Onye, your boy from Rhode Island? He had a monster, monster spring game. Um, super exciting. Tyson Ford was the best player on the field. I think for most of the defensive game, uh, I, Jade Mickey with a pick. It was a wonderful defensive performance. Uh, Tyler Buckner's side of the ball. So team blue struggled a bit. Offensive line got bullied. Yeah. Um,
2: One foot out the door in that game.
0: That's true too. And I think the game really solidified who the quarterback was. Sam Hartman was, that was the best quarterback performance I've seen a blue and gold game ever. (laughs) I mean, Oh, how fascinating was it to watch him just hit everybody deep down the field? That's why he's brought in. And I think you saw it with Joe Burrow at LSU. Now, granted, LSU had a lot of talent with them that year. So do we. It takes that quarterback who can push the ball down the field and can really light up a defense that puts you to a national championship. And I think Sam Hartman's that guy.
1: I have a genuine question for you, for both of you. Do you think that the 2019 LSU team – will be better, had more talent than this year's upcoming Notre Dame football team. Yes. Oh, I don't know,
0: man. Justin if Jefferson, the, Jamar Chase.
1: Of course, the, like the two the, the two wide receivers and the quarterback were all-time elite talents, A++. That's a given. The defense was good, to too, man. They
0: had the defensive uh...
1: line, tight ends, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, go position by position obviously the national champions are going to be favored here but if you think critically about it and if you go through a whole holistic approach of this entire thought exercise at the end of the day we all know it lsu won because of one guy and one guy only and that was joe fucking burrow joe cool joe burr and that just goes to show the value of an elite quarterback he he had great guys on the outside that he could get the ball downfield to with a Swiss cheese offensive line, but he just somehow made it
0: work. And they, uh, they, they don't beat Alabama without Joe Burrow and they don't beat Clemson in the national championship game without Joe Burrow. I think that's, I don't know if I would say Notre Dame team has, I think has potential to have more talent. There's just so much, so many unknowns and that LSU team was stacked, but to your point, it's that quarterback that pushed them over the top. That was the difference. And I think, I think I agree with you fully here. I think Sam Hartman could be the Joe Burrow for Notre Dame. Could be. Yes. the operative We don't yes. know for sure. But Precisely. Yep. I'm hundred percent with there. Uh, with with you there. How about
2: you, Mister Wagon? Well, in full disclosure, I have not watched the uh, Blue and Gold game. <laughs> not not gonna lie, I haven't looked at it a section of it. Um. So my my point will be reserved until I do see Sam Hartman play which will be in August because I'm not going to watch that glorified scrimmage. Um, Sam Hartman last year, Wake Forest, Sam Hartman. If we get that effort plus 10, we're in consideration there. I think Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson do set them apart a little bit more. Uh, So I am leaning 2019 LSU there, but I do see where your point is with Hartman being that that game changer, uh, with Steve Angeli being the backup waiting in the wings to mop up some duty in the fourth quarter. Facts only. Yeah, I mean Steve obviously we'll throw a touchdown pass this year. Mark my words. Multiple. Um, but
1: uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a, it's just a fun thought exercise. Obviously LSU in, in 2019 would, would be the better team as of now, obviously, you know, we, we don't know what this team is going to be, but the uh, exactly as, as Dylan pointed out, it's, it's the quarterback that's ultimately the difference maker. And, you know, if, if we have our offensive line, you know, Joe Alt protect projected to be a top 10 pick already, you know, it w- w- we know we have the tight ends. Chancey Stuckey has been an absolute blessing. Uh, we have a we have four horsemen in the backfield, like unbelievable running backs, and then our defense is only getting better year over year with a defensive minded head coach. So, um, just saying, maybe maybe he's the prince that was promised in in the words of of Mister Wagon, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, that's all the, the thoughts that I had in regards to the spring game and everything. Anything else that you guys wanted to say before we, we can go on to transfers?
0: So I think as a segue to transfers, I want to bring up Phil Dracovic And before everyone loses their mind, I would like to remind everyone that we strongly support the athletes and decisions they make that is best for them. And I wish Phil the best, despite his petty comments about shipping up to Boston that still got P-Wagon livid. With that said, how funny is it to think that if had he stayed at Notre Dame, he could have started 2021, 2022, and 2023. He mm-hmm. left for game time and could have been a three-year starter here. Uh, obviously, COVID and injuries uh, include in that red shirt for him, but I think that would have been still fascinating, and I still think he's a huge talent. So, just wanted And to it just goes to, to show the- that the
1: grass is not necessarily always greener.
0: For a certain quarterback that may have left us. Steve, do you want to take it from there?
1: yeah well, let's uh, let's go to the transfers. Uh, there was a ha- bunch of transfers out. There was also some transfers in. So well, it it does make things quite interesting as uh, you know we were done with the spring practices, heading into uh, into summer camp, well, summer workouts, and then summer camp eventually and in, in July and August. Um, guys come- heading out, cornerback Jaden Bellamy transferred to Syracuse, tight end Kane Barong. Heading out to Coastal Carolina and Myrtle Beach. Shout out uh, South Carolina, pretty cool state. Uh, Logan Diggs currently in the transfer portal. The uh, our running back uh, is, is. I think the rumor is LSU. Is that correct?
0: LSU, uh, Auburn, South Carolina was making a big push
2: yeah, for him as lot, well. A lot of SEC. Schools okay. Right
0: well, well,
1: you know that that's the thing is ultimately. I mean, I I like Logan Diggs a lot. Uh, and looks like he's an SEC talent running back, which that one's going to sting but again you know we, we still have uh, a quite full stable uh, behind him so uh, I think that just speaks volumes to Notre Dame's depth um, and, and the, the recruiting that we've had.
0: I, I will say it does sting to lose a talent like that, but if there's a position where you can lose a talent like that, it is absolutely running back. one because running efficiency largely depends on factors beyond a running back such as offensive line and defensive scheme but also to the extent that running back talent matters, we're loaded. Like, we are absolutely, unbelievably loaded at wide re- at running back. You got Audrick Estime, I think, is one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, Chris Tyree is going to be a slot, perhaps running back guy. Uh, Jabran Payne is here. Jadarian Price is coming back off an injury, and he was looking like the best running back the year before. And then you got Jeremiah Love, who might be the best recruited running back Notre Dame has brought in since Greg I've Bryant. been a fan. Yeah, Greg Bryant may have been the highest. He was a five-star, so, so, so it's similar, similar there.
1: Man. What was that, 2014, 2015? Yeah, that era. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, we, we are stepping our game up. So the fact that we're pushing talent out the door and they're landing in the SEC, uh, good news, boys. Good fucking news. Uh, next up, we have Osita Ekwanu. He transferred to Charlotte. Um, shout out 49ers. Uh, the offensive lineman, Caleb Johnson, he's uh, currently in the portal. No team yet. Same with Prince Kali. Prince Kali hurt. He was a borderline five star. He was a a hell of a linebacker coming out of college. I, I think he's entering his true junior year, um, and he's seen very very limited time up to this point. And I think he's just getting a little bit crowded out, especially with a uh, you know friend of the program five star uh, Drake Bowen coming you know coming in, and and obviously Jalen Snead as well. So I, I again, uh, that's another area where I think we kind of have an embarrassment of riches, which is nice and, and a lot of depth. So. Hate to see him go, but also uh, we'll survive it. Jacob Lacey, another one that hurts. I, I really like the kid. I've always liked him. I, I th- always you know, thought that he kind of could really step it up, uh, but in, and it ends up he's he's going to Oklahoma. So.
0: And, and he jumped in the portal, I think, la- like in the season last year. So uh, Before, that wasn't like – Yeah, uh, you, uh, it, it, it was during the – yeah, yeah. He he wasn't like an off-season trend. Like, we knew he was leaving early, so that we had time to adjust for that one. But I agree with you. Lacey was a guy I, w- I thought always was going to make make it this year, but, you know, best of luck to him
2: at Oklahoma.
1: Exactly. Um, long snapper Alex Peach is currently in this
2: transfer portal. That's He's- because Milk Vincent's coming back, and then you got Reno Montefiore coming up. Uh, we're low to that long snapper. I, I, I'm going to
1: go with Rhino Monteforte, just given the, uh, I want to throw a little Italian at the end of it. So that's the way that I'm going to pronounce it going forward. Uh, A a pretty notable one, our old backup, starting backup QB, uh, Drew Pine headed out to Arizona State. Not even guaranteed a starting job there. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) Best of luck to him though. He was a cool hit guy, just didn't work out and that's okay. Um, Lorenzo Styles wide receiver position um he's heading over to ohio state to join his brother sonny his brother sonny is a five-star recruit uh incoming freshman right
0: no he reclassified a year early so he was actually at ohio state last year oh okay styles is most likely going to be on uh as a corner there
1: exactly yeah um so when when you can't catch the ball as a wide receiver you switch to corner uh and then we had joe wilkins jr in his 18th year of college football is going to Miami of Ohio. Um, I always liked Joe Wilkins and, and I was hoping to see him be a little bit more involved, but, uh, you know, injuries ultimately plagued his career, but best of luck to, to JWJ. And then the big one, the, the one that led to a lot of turmoil because now this uh, was the projected starter for next year in his senior season and, and always felt like the guy uh, that that was kind of br- going to bring us to the next step. Tyler Buckner is following old offensive coordinator Tommy Reese down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Looks like he's going to fight for uh, the starting job as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So of any of those, do you have any extra words or do do we want to, I mean, I I personally, you know, I I think I'll always love Tyler Buckner, especially if he hasn't said anything really bad about Notre Dame. He's just life circumstances kind of just brought him to uh to a different spot so i wish him the best of luck um would love to see him go 10 and 2 this year that'd be a great year for him um and in the heisman conversation but please for the fucking love of god lose two games and just end this shit i'm so sick of nick saban uh, uh but that's that's the entirety of my thoughts but i'll, I'll turn it over to you guys
2: yeah this is a thought experiment and we're gonna flip it on you Tyler Buckner has a good year, gets drafted, goes to the NFL based off of what he did at Alabama. Okay. Do we get to claim him? Because Ohio State fans claim Joe Burrow. Well, here's the difference
0: Joe Burrow played what? How many snaps for Ohio State?
2: How many? How many? yeah.
0: Yeah. Tyler Buckner was a starter here, won a bowl okay. game. That's a lot different. I think the Jalen Hurts comparison might be a little better because that's a guy who started Alabama and ended up at Oklahoma.
2: Okay, let's go we'll with that one then. Can, can Alabama fans claim Jalen Hurts? Alabama wanna- fans Just claiming check, things check. that they don't deserve? What? <laughs> alley <you. laughs>
0: Uh oh. Oh. If they, I mean, not only should we claim it, we should also add about five to six national championships to that category. So, uh, yeah, why not? I mean, we're propagandists. Of course, we're going to spin it pro Notre Dame. Uh, and I think you develop them to at least a certain extent. You get to have some kind of claim over them. So, but when Sam Hartman wins the Heisman and goes first overall in the draft, he is Notre Dame exclusive. There is no yeah. hint of Wake Forest there Nothing whatsoever. Forest. They suck. Yeah, exactly. What, what what kind of program would claim a guy who left their school and did success elsewhere? Blows my mind. But Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame guy.
1: You know, I know the funny part about uh, about Sam Hartman. He's he left the demons for the Catholics. How about that?
2: Oh. <laughs> And speaking of people who left, you know who came in. Speaking. Wait, hold
0: on. Okay, okay, go ahead. I had more to say, but go ahead.
2: uh, Javante Jean Baptiste transferred in from Ohio State. Defensive lineman. He's a monster. He's number one. Love it,
0: love it. Baptiste, demons, Catholics. Perfectly, perfectly laid out there, guys. Um, I want to talk about Lorenzo Styles for a second. I'm kind of surprised he didn't leave the second the season or the portal that opened. Uh, He stayed the spring. He was losing his uh, position, which was already a backup one to some freshmen, it seemed. Uh, They were going to switch him to the defensive side of the ball. But, like, who are you going to start over at corner? I mean, you got Cam Hart and... Benjamin Morrison locking down those two roles. Uh, Mickey seems to be in the rotation. Clarence Lewis, Lewis in the slot. I don't really know where Styles Lorenzo Styles was going to play. Um, so him going to Ohio State, that's fine. I mean, that's kind of a rotational player heading. You, you know, there's a lot of potential there. You wish him the best. Um, his father is also a Buckeye, so uh, that's a good fit for them. Uh, and then Buckner leaving was kind of heartbreaking in the sense that he didn't get his degree, uh, and he'll end up with an Alabama degree. So he's really betting on himself to. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's not. There's he's really betting on himself to make the NFL here and win that job. So there's a lot of pressure on him to win that starting job for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I would say he's the favorite. I don't think it's a given. Um, But Tommy Reese is there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, And then just some names uh, you missed, Steve. First of all, Brandon Hillman was released from his uh, NLI because of certain issues. He's now at Michigan. Philip Riley has entered the portal. Uh, Josh Bryan, a kicker, um, and then we had several pro uh, several players leave the program either medically or for other reasons. So that's Will Schweitzer, Justin Walters, Waters, Waters uh, Ron Palace III, Caleb Smith, who had transferred here for about a semester and then left. Uh, he's re- medically retired now, and uh, just today, Alex Ahrensberger. So uh,
2: also Barrett walked welcome.
0: That's, I mean, that's P-Wagon's people, the walk-ons and the special teamers. Nobody knows more.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And we did uh, transfer in, on top of San Hartman and Javante Jean-Baptiste, kicker Spencer Schrader from South Florida and safety Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know anything about either of them, but I'm sure we have somebody on the podcast that's going to want to talk about the kicker, so...
2: So, yeah, Spencer Schrader, not technically in the program yet. Uh, He's been doing a series of him kicking a ball at a light pole uh, recently in South Florida. I follow it very closely. Uh, He's up, I believe, 15 to three on the light pole right now. Uh, It's the most entertaining thing that's going on with him kicking. Uh, We do hope to have him for the summer. uh, But as of right now, he is leaving USF, coming to uh, Notre Dame, uh, but has not officially entered at Notre Dame yet.
0: Uh, ben Krim, a punter, is also leaving Penn University for Notre Dame. Oh, uh, my understanding is that he's not guaranteed that starting job either. He's going to have to compete with Bryce McPherson, who's a we're a big fan of sure, and have been since, yeah, yeah, since, we, and- since Notre Dame recruited him.
2: Not not to make this the special teams hour, but I'm going to. Ben Krim is another John Sott type. Sits to 205, Upper Arlington, Ohio, All-Ivy, CSC, all Academic All-District. He can punt 42 yards per punt last year. Uh, he had 11 punts further than 50 yards. He's very good. Uh, four years he's played. Uh, his uncle, John, played at Notre Dame and for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so pretty good background there with Turbofoot with bryce mcpherson uh congratulations on the engagement i know you listen to this podcast he was dealing with that groin issue from ohio state which is the reason zach yokum started as our kickoff specialist uh all year i think yoke is his job to lose this year uh so it's gonna be interesting the punting battle is actually one i'm very interested to watch this summer
1: no shit, the special teams guys are going to hyper-fixate on the special teams.
2: <laughs> All a job right now.
0: Hey, somebody's got to do it. There's a market for it, uh, and it's currently unfilled other than just P-Wagon. Um, I would also say for Jean-Baptiste, I think that's a huge pickup too, um, because I think as a floor, you're getting a rotational defensive end who's going to play that big end spot for the Irish, which they need, especially with Aaronsburger leaving as well. Yeah. Um, that's huge for them and also it looks like he'll be the starter so there's potential and if that potential grows you're getting a really good player at worst you're getting a rotational player uh, in a position of need so i really like that pickup ohio state so you know there's pedigree there you know there's familiarity there uh and then of course Sam Hartman's the is the biggest portal pickup of the year i don't think it's really close uh you're getting a program that just desperately needs that quarterback who got that kind of quarterback. And uh, we'll see that impact, I think, right away.
2: Do you guys remember when Grayson McCall was the guy that everyone wanted? (laughs) I would
1: have liked him, but I mean, I I think at the end of the day, we ended up with... No, no, no.
2: Grayson McCall's a a poor man, Sam Hartman. He's a golden corral of quarterbacks. Sam Hartman's the greatest quarterback to ever step foot on a football field. Let's be real here. From your lips to God's ears.
0: We may as well just start the Hartman for Heisman campaign already, like we have oh, every starting that, quarterback that in the, the first game of the season. Feels like 88, baby. Absolutely, because uh, the Oilers won a Stanley Cup in 1988, and they'll be winning one this year as well. Yeah, uh, can
1: I
2: uh, say one more thing real Just quick? don't bring
1: up hockey right now. I am I am too, too much of a fragile state to
2: talk about hockey. Javante uh, Jean-Baptiste is going to be wearing number one. That's this wicked. This is the first time... Since Irish Shock? while. Because back it was Greg, uh, Greg Bryan wore it. Mm-hmm. On, on his, the defensive side of the football, it was uh, Lewis Nix III. Lewis Nix, rest in peace. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's wild that Freeman's actually bringing that number back because under Kelly, it was gone for quite a while. I mean, we
0: don't really retire numbers, I don't think, at Notre Dame. That's, no, but uh, it was like it was an theory.
2: unofficial type of thing that he did. So right. right, I don't know. Just a thought there.
0: Yeah,
1: well, uh, that takes care of all the transfers and roster movements. Uh, just the last couple of topics we, uh, I think, we should all get to. Um, there's been some some major contracts that are uh, you know expiring or changing, and and kind of a lot of the the landscape in terms of Notre Dame football. Uh, that also has ramifications for potentially conference alignment, which I do not want to join a conference. I want to be independent forever. That's uh, until that changes. Uh, but yeah, there's there's the apparel deal that just expired today. There's also discussions of media rights. I'm not sure if that's already kind of gone by the wayside or what the the deal is with that. Um, Dylan, you're a lot more kind of tuned into that. So between both the apparel deal and the media rights, uh, you know, you take it away because you are. The absolute genius when it comes to this stuff.
0: Well, I was gonna say, who had the foresight to poll Notre Dame fans about on this about two months ago before the news broke? Um, I've been following this for a while. Same thing with the NBC contract. I've been. It seems like I've been the only Notre Dame fan talking about it until Always Irish actually just did a, a video and a and a podcast or a an article for for it. So it seems to be getting a little more popular now because it is something that is ever present even when we don't think about it. I would say one correction Steve. So the apparel deal still runs I think until the end of not even this season, I think the end of next season, but it was the exclusive window that Notre Dame had with Under Armour that expired. So okay. under the contract they had a window where it was just them two. It I don't know. I don't have any, you know, sources on this. I'm just guessing it expired for two reasons. Either Notre Dame had no interest in renegotiating and just want to take it to market, which is my guess. Or Under Armour said they can't afford to, or they're not close enough on a deal, something along the lines. Uh, So either Notre Dame said no to Under Armour or vice versa, or they're looking just to take it to market, and there's a chance they do sign with Under Armour. I would suggest that's not the case. I think the fact that this news leaked to begin with, I think, is suggestive of something. And I think we'll see Notre Dame sign a new deal. My guess is going to be Nike. Um, However, I think Notre Dame wants to set the market. And I had speculated a couple months ago, I don't know if Nike, because they have so many great brands already, I don't know if they want to set the market with Notre Dame. Um, So you might see uh, Air Jordan brand, which is a Nike subsidiary, uh, get involved. You could see Adidas come back. Um, I really hope it's not like Fanatics, which just got the NHL deal, um, so they're probably tied up for money. Or... Uh, New Balance or something a little cheesier, Reebok. Marky,
1: weird, yeah. Yeah,
0: I know you guys want Champion, so I'm gonna let P-Wagon take it from there. But uh, oh, that's certainly for a certain no. age of fans.
2: I I don't want Champion. I just wanted to rile the fan base up this morning. Um, I personally think they should really lean into their Irish heritage and go with that Canterbury. Uh, get get a nice get a nice Notre Dame Canterbury kit uh, um, for the boys with a with a nice little collar and some hoops. Uh, or maybe, maybe O'Neill's, we can lean into that. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm just going through Irish rugby brands right now, but those, those are the two, uh, yeah. Nike fine. Adidas fine. Jumpman, please. No, we can't be anywhere associated with. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Terrible, terrible program.
0: You guys really hate them. Uh, Steve, who do you want to sign with? Like, what's your, what's your perspective here? Or is it just most money wins for you?
1: It's not, I don't even give a shit about the money to be honest. Again, we're talking about an institution with an endowment of what, like $12 billion? Who who the hell knows? Like, they have unbelievable amounts of money. We don't, I don't care about money. Um, What I care about is what's going to look good, who's going to make good concepts for both the Shamrock series, and who's also going to, to make the uh, you know the helmets pop the pants the appropriate way who's going to make an alternate with the with the gold i'm sorry with the, with the green jersey that's actually going to get people like to buy in the the green with the blue is like an atrocity to mankind like i would i would want to pour bleach in my eyes just thinking about it so the i whoever's just going to make a fun yeah, you know, uh, just a fun rendition of it. Uh, that's gonna be an ode to kind of our, our the, the the past and and everything that's been classic and and everything that we love about Notre Dame, but also looking forward to the future. Uh, a- anyone who can kind of you know thread that needle is uh, I'm down with them. So you know, champion would be would be actually pretty friggin' awesome. Uh, would be funny and and unique. Um, but I mean, if I were to I, I think that ultimately Nike probably wins out just because of sheer market, uh, you know, force, and and they're they're just dominant. But uh, yeah, my my answer is whoever's going to make us look the best for on the field, and then also for recruits, because truthfully, that that is honestly a, a major part of it.
0: All right, gun to your head, who is that? If you had to take the guess, who do you, who do you want that to be? Nike, I, I I'm I'm with Nike too. I mean labor issues yeah. overseas yeah. Uh, aside, exactly. that's a yeah. that's a huge issue, of course. Um, here's why I don't think it'll be Under Armour, and I'm taking this from the article t- today. Uh, if you guys don't remember, Notre Dame's uniform deal, apparel deal with Under Armour, was the largest at the time. And Michigan, a couple years later, had gotten one that was more value, but Notre Dame's had or more, like, just money for per year more. But Notre Dame's contract was worth more because at the time, part of the contract was... Uh, Under Armour stock was given to Notre Dame Here's why I don't think Notre Dame's going to sign with Under Armour When they signed with them they, The stock price for Under Armour was $27 Per stock Steve, do you want to take a guess Because you're a markets guy What Under Armour's stock is right now
1: Let me uh, look that up
0: now and, I- Sorry, $27 was 2019 So this is actually way after the deal still So this is just in the last three years four years
1: dear god i just looked that up i'll let you
0: surprise the uh the i'll let you announce the price but holy crap so the article says seven dollars and 71 cents
2: is what or now it's 708 post market
0: yeah so you can see why notre dame lost millions on this deal and i don't think we'll be seeing notre dame sign with Under Armour again um I've made people of the show know I'm probably probably know that I'm a Liverpool football club club fan. And whether you like or hate that club, there is an undeniable amount of similarities between them and Notre Dame. Uh, I don't want to spend the whole podcast getting into it, but they're very, very similar sports comparisons. And I think it's actually the best sports comparison for Notre Dame. They switched to Nike a couple years ago. And I got to tell you, there's something about being a Nike product that's just a lot better. Like, the product was really nice. You see it in sponsorships more. You see celebrities wear it more. It becomes just more culturally relevant. And I think Notre Dame, I think that's the path. Again, lots of concerns with Nike, but I think that's probably the answer. We'll just see if Nike's willing to pay up for it.
1: Agreed wholeheartedly uh yeah i mean i think that's that's it for that conversation um you know we we can keep talking until we're blue in the face but ultimately there's still kind of a lot of dominoes that need to fall before uh you know we can speculate anymore and we're not journalists we're just idiots talking into mics but you love us and you listen to us and we appreciate it (laughs) so i think it's uh it's a good time to close out here heading into
2: the mailbag mr
1: wagon take it away
2: yes we only have a few questions here kick off with kenneth at finder underscore goat uh, he's an Alabama fan, right? Do we we, we like him? yeah yeah. Uh, yeah we love not them. a not a question, but I challenge y'all to list ten good things about the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> no, should, should we attempt something at least? Uh, Notre Dame beat them when Steve and I first met <laughs> Liberty Day weekend five years ago. New um, Newport Rhode Island shout out Notre Dame. Beat them that was also the,
0: our first game as a podcast, by the in, way. That, Michigan that, was the that.
2: That's very true. Th- those are two things right there. Um, without them, Notre Dame wouldn't play football. Question: I, I can't do this. I hate them.
1: We got they created the best quarterback in NFL history.
2: They knew how to cover up years of systemic racism, and none of their fans <laughs> know how to talk about it. Um,
0: I appreciate that they're a very historic program They have the most wins all time Although that's only because they avoided Notre Dame for five decades They played middle schools They did play middle schools Um, I don't think their uniforms are particularly nice But they are iconic Um, I do kind of like Hail to the Victors Don't kill me for saying that I'm going to kill you for saying that Yeah it's not as good as the victory march, but it's, okay, it's catchy. It's safe. Um, they, I mean, they, they, beat they beat did
1: Ohio teach State Notre Dame how to
0: play. Yeah, well, sorry, was that, Steve?
1: They beat Ohio State the last two years, and I also despise Ohio State. So, that's
2: a that, good... That's nice.
1: I, I, I wish both teams could have lost the, the game simultaneously, yeah. but, I mean...
2: And they're the reason we're we're here. Our mutual hatred of Michigan and a love for Notre Dame. Uh, just for everyone who doesn't know, at it's Abby be happy. Doctor Abby uh, asked us, "Can you refresh how you three met and the pod came to be?" Well, there was four of us. Abby, uh, for I like, a day. is is no longer with us. Um, he lives in like, Chicago, not dead. And we just said, "Hey, we should start a podcast," and here we are. Yeah, so me and Mister Wagon have known each
1: other on on Twitter, jeez, over a decade. I feel like at least a yep. decade, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and you know, it, and you know, I he always talked Notre Dame football, so did I. And you know, just we, we had that connection. And we then I, I think in
2: yeah, in the twenty seventeen season for our he was the one who figured out all the like sabermetrics of how Notre Dame could get in after that disaster at Miami.
0: Yeah, I, I can't come together with like a Rainmaker list of things that would have to happen for a 2 lost Notre Dame to get into the playoff. Um, also, I was P-Wagon's only Canadian friend, so he would always message me. And I always like, I I mean, I thought we were friends and we still are. Um, so it was appreciative. And then that, yeah, that offseason, it was just like, hey, do you want to start a podcast with me and, and Steve? And I didn't know Steve, so... We kind of went into that cold, but uh, that was just my perspective. I, P-Wagon's kind of the center of it, so I'll let him kind of tell his story.
2: Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've been hired by a, a select government organization to put all three of them together. This is a PSYOP I've been running on Canada uh, for quite a while. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that that's really, really how we met. And the first couple episodes, first season was rough, uh, and then... We're we're finally catching our steam five years in, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story there, Abby. Um, and then the last mailbag that we have for this evening, there's only a couple questions, and if they're not nice questions, we don't answer them. Uh, it's from Ryan Stager at Ryan Stager 7. If you're to choose an all-time Notre Dame team, which position would be the hardest to pick one starter from? For me, it would be safety because I love watching Zibby. So, what's sorry? What's the sorry, Kyle moving?
0: Hamilton is light years ahead of Zibby as a player. I'm sorry. I know the punt returns were exciting, but.
2: He didn't really have that many of them either. I, I think there's a, an ethos around Tom Zibikowski that's a little bit bigger than him. Uh, I would say tight end's the hardest position to decide from.
0: Yeah, especially if we're, like, treating Orwell. players as as good as they were relative to their era, because, like, I'm not saying McAfee could fucking outplay Michael Mayer today, but for his era, he was third in Heisman votes one year, so.
2: Dave Casper
0: is no Anthony Fasano, like. The, right, so offensive line would be a really tough one, especially if you asked a specific position on the offensive line, like, Nate, who's your left tackle? Like Zach Martin, Joe Alt, Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey. That's just yeah, in the last decade, and that's not going back to the great teams under Joe Moore in the yeah. Lou Holtz era.
1: So, yeah, um, wide receivers also front is fun. Uh, the Shark, Jeff Sarmarja. Uh, there was Golden Tate, Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd was my boy. I loved Michael Floyd. Um, Armaldo really, Allen, he played slot. Facts. Um, Tim Rena Brown, Heisman. Tim Brown, Rueben McNight, Rocket
0: right um, Ishmael was the greatest player of all time. You know, just a few names.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and then uh, this upcoming uh, Randy Moss, people forget. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and,
1: and then his replacement coming in this year, which is gonna be uh, the 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 next goat, the baby goat, um, Tobias Merriweather. I I just I legitimately think he's gonna probably have like 1,400 yards and, and like 12 touchdowns. So
2: um, yeah, I mean it. It that's sure Punter's, wait, pun, punters punter. another one. Mm-hmm. Hunter Smith, John Sott, Jay Bramblett,
0: Tyler defensive. Newsom.
2: <laughs> defensive end. We've had some pretty
0: good defensive ends as well. Yeah, Lou Holtz had a rocket punter too. Um, I'm trying to think of the name though. It's it's an old one. We'll have to get some of our older friends to to help us out there on the on the old teams.
2: Are you talking about but the '88 team?
0: I think so. We all wait as he quickly looks um, it up. Bated yeah, breath. Um,
2: what's that? No, I'm I, I don't know it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not fronting like, oh, I remember that punter. I wasn't born in 88. Uh, but who you're thinking of? The kicker was Reggie Ho. That's who you're thinking of.
0: Yeah, I mean, could be. Maybe it's another Holtz kicker. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I just knew Holt had one really good kicker.
2: Reggie Ho was a very good kicker. Was he was
0: yeah, was a great kicker. Yeah. I'm yeah. uh I, I should look it up and and come back to that, but uh, that's a tough position. What about quarterback? Like, okay, it's easy memorable. to say Joe, it's easy to say Joe Montana because of the NFL career, but like Joe Montana wasn't super great at Notre Dame. Like I was watching some of the old clips, and it's like I think you threw six interceptions in a game once. Um, yeah, do you go Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen? I loved uh, Jimmy Clausen, man. Uh, if you want to go back to the Heisman winners of the '40s, Matt Tally. Yeah, well, Matt Laveque, of course. Um, (laughs) Even Deshaun Kaiser, man. If Deshaun Kaiser
1: stayed one more
2: year, Deshaun Kaiser, you could literally just sit here, and this is what guys do. We just name people. That's what we just did for this last three and a half minutes.
0: And I'm still gonna keep doing this. Uh, This is awesome. By the way, Joe Theismann, like, just he was would have been the first Heisman winner to have won it with a losing record, but he finished second that year in voting. Like. His name is Theismann because it rhymes with
2: Heisman. That's not well, even how they, you pronounce it. It was Theismann, and they yeah. changed the pronunciation. I have a button downstairs that says Theisman as in Heisman. Uh little fun fact there. And yeah, those those are the questions for the day. Uh, so we could continue to name people. But Hunter
0: Hunter the punter is the punter I was thinking of that's Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Smith. Smith.
2: Yep. He would have a great a long NFL uh, career too.
0: Yeah, a little bit later in the Lou Holtz tenure. But yeah, yeah that's so sticky. Ben Turk. Remember ben that? Turk was oh, do I remember Ben Turk? I remember Ben Turk. Tyler Newsom is just, it might be the leading candidate. I don't know facts well
1: uh, I, I think that about is a uh, that's a good wrap for the the spring episode uh, for for the four horsemen we might check back in I, I think at least Dylan and I might check back in for a recruiting episode soon just because everybody knows that mr. wagon hates recruiting until we get a bunch of like really good recruits uh, that are like good at special teams and then he loves recruiting all over again
2: um, I, uh, I do have one big breaking recruiting news the uh, go on. The wagon family will be bringing on a five-star addition to the household in uh, in June. Uh, Baby wagon due June 4th. Uh, Hopefully a five-star. Hopefully a future Notre Dame fullback.
1: That yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of changes coming our way. We have we have Dylan who's going to be the next hotshot lawyer wherever he ends up, whether that's um, in the U.S. I know he's expressed you know potentially coming here or staying in Canada. Uh, we have baby wagon five star recruit on the way, and and uh, I I believe that we already signed the national letter of intent, correct?
2: We have, yes. We just have to have him learn how to make letters, so that that's the next part.
0: Beautiful
2: podcast uh, baby too. So if anyone wants to sponsor us,
0: and <laughs> a hey, congrats P. That's uh, that's great news that you're bringing in. Thank you. Uh, a child. So happy to you and your wife. I know. I, I, me and Steve are just over the moon for you. So, absolutely, I don't know, so excited. That's that's such a cool thing that we started this podcast. I mean, I was nineteen. You guys were in your twenties, and here we are. I'm done law school. Steve's married, moving to Carolina, South Carolina, and then P's married and having a kid. Like, what? Wow.
1: Yeah, and that that was the uh, the final news. I'm uh, I I've officially finally purchased a house and i am moving to charleston south carolina so if we have anybody who uh, is ever going to be you know in that area of visiting or anything and if you uh, if you like golf then by all means hit me up more than happy to play so Sorry, all Steve, of us are I, making... I, I,
0: I didn't mean to steal that thunder from you i thought that was already out there my bad no <laughs> no
1: nah, nah, that's quite all right buddy um yeah so a lot of life changes coming our way as the horsemen and and it's cool because uh truthfully it, it really does feel like we're growing not only as a, a team internally and and i'm so happy to to be connected with you guys and uh, with our friendship but also yeah, you know, there there is a genuine connection to the fans and everyone that's been listening and sticking with us for five years now. So um, super appreciative of everything. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate five stars, review. Uh, you know, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. That that's everything on my end. I'll sign out, but you know, I'll I'll turn over to you guys.
2: Uh, for the first time in the 2023 season, go Irish. Beat Navy
0: um correction i wasn't 19 when i started this podcast i was definitely in my 20s but still the point (laughs) remains early 20s i have to do the math in my head um things have really flown by for us i really appreciate you guys obviously just as the three of us as a community got each other's backs going through life together it's really nice to have made friends with you guys and the listeners of course i mean so much fun knowing that there are other notre dame psychopaths out there who can't do anything else normally except talk notre dame and uh, we really appreciate that i mean i know a lot of you guys personally now big things coming i'd love to get to a game this year maybe next year and and, and kind of tailgate with you guys but thanks for listening for all the time and like uh, Wagon said it's it's the season's about to start go irish beat navy